0: ladies and gentlemen and welcome once again to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. It is a pro wrestling podcast. Thank you for popping in. We are here it is August. We are recording this on August 22nd to be very specific. Uh you're probably listening to this at the very earliest on the 23rd. So, uh, you know, thank you very much for popping this in, giving me a whirl, joining me as we dive into some pro wrestling talk right here on youtube.com slash mr warren hayes which is by the way where we record live every tuesday night at 7 p.m eastern so if you ever want to make it there that we'd love to have you it's always a good time but thank you for being here nonetheless if you're watching this on demand consider leaving a like on the video as well as a subscription if this is your first time here there's a lot of content that happens here do we do this stuff <laughs> this stuff being you know an overall discussion, opinion, analysis show of pro wrestling. But then on top of that, uh, uh, I do Dynamite reviews on Thursdays. I do collision reviews on Sundays. By the way, this Sunday, if you're used to getting my collision reviews, don't expect one this Sunday. We're not doing any collision reviews on Sunday because of All In. Look, by the time you get around to listening to my collision review, by the time I record it and put it out there and YouTube does, you know, it's processing and all that, you're all gonna be watching all in and it's gonna be a thing of the past and everything will be a moot point at that point. So there's no reason to do it. Uh, Just come and join me. (laughs) Subscribe and you won't miss a thing or follow me on your favorite podcast application because at the same time, everything I do on YouTube is transferred into audio format for Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Although Spotify, there's also a video. But uh, look, the point is, is that you can find me just about anywhere on any podcast application that you would love and enjoy and like to use so i'm there for you you're there for me thank you very much you're, i'm also there for you in the mr warren Hayes show discord the link is in the description uh it was a it was a wild stream you know when i record this live there was a what because we got some we got a little visit an impromptu visit from uh from uh uh from mjf which i completely did not expect and i'm you know i'm probably going to clip that and put that on the uh um, uh, on the uh, on the YouTube page just to uh, make sure everyone knows what we're talking about. So if sometimes, you know, you hear me talking about, yes, Max, yes, MJF, we're getting to this. Uh, he joined us and I was very flattered. And thank you very much for, for popping in, champ. Hopefully I put you over enough to your satisfaction because we talked about where we previewed all in 2023. That's what we did for the bulk of the show. Uh, I also have a few thoughts about Edge wrestling his final match in WWE at the very least. We're going to talk about that. And I also review a couple of of shows that happened this weekend. The All-Star Junior Festival USA 2023 and the Impact New Japan Multiverse of Matches 2 review. So that's all stuff that you can expect on today's episode. Thank you very much for being here. Let's just jump right in and go to the weekly wrestling inspection. Uh, all right, well we'll kill the music here, and we will get right into AEW All In Preview 2023. Uh, this is happening in just a couple of days, folks. August 27, 2023, from merry old London, London, London in England, merry old England, London, merry old England in the UK. In, in, look. Wembley Stadium. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> Place is packed. A couple of days ago, we passed. When I say we, I mean AEW passed the eighty thousand, um, the eighty thousand mark of tickets distributed. Um, it is just like fantastic. It's it, 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 it's it's a an unmitigated, unquestionable, uh, uh, r- real deal success. And I remember. And look, look, you know, there's. There's always moments where you're like Look, shit surprises me Because I remember very, very clearly When we started talking about Wembley uh, Way back then I was saying that, you know Well, if AEW makes it to 60,000 I think they can consider it a success, right? I think at 60,000 That's where, that's your mark That's where you go Hey, this shit rules But then I'm like But we're we're 20,000 over that. I was being super conservative. Like, I was never in the the dumps with the people saying, oh, they're going to sell 20,000. They're going to have to tarp off, you know, a fourth of the arena. I was never those. But even back then, I did not necessarily uh, expect. I did not, not even necessarily. I did not expect at all, all in to do over 80,000. Currently, according to WrestleTix, as of... When was this set up? Uh, this, uh, this update? Well, I don't know when the, the latest update is, but... Well, no, as of yesterday. There we go. Just have to unhide a column once in a while. That's how spreadsheets work. 81,189. Those are the tickets distributed. So that is... Uh, Uh, that's just insane that's just crazy but this is where we're at now so this is all looking very good and look i think uh, unfortunately though i believe that the story of the build to uh to all in 2023 is is the um is the fact that the 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 pay-per-view doesn't feel like remarkably special okay let let's parse this one thing at a time here if you look at the card in about itself i i like the card i think it's a good card i think it's a fine card and you know what here's the thing i know better at this point in time to bet against an AEW pay-per-view right because they are most of the time in the grand majority of things, uh, they are excellent, tip-top pay-per-views. Never bet against an AEW pay-per-view. That's just that's just nonsense. But this one, this one, and I—it doesn't feel grandiose, despite the fact. I, no, no, it's not even despite the fact, even because of the idea that we have that we have 20,000 80,000 people I'm still thinking about people being dopes. 80,000 people in an arena we should be celebrating this this should be on the tips of everyone's tongues this should be it we should be feeling that same kind of effervescence we felt when the original all out all in excuse me was announced when uh, Cody and the Bucks put all of this together and we were having the biggest north american indie super show the biggest uh 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 north american draw for a wrestling show that was not a WWE show in i don't know how many years that's what that's what how we should be feeling we should this should be the talk of the wrestling world everyone should be excited about the uh, this the, the concept the idea of wembley stadium of wembley stadium hosting this show and being filled with eighty thousand rabid British fans and f- probably from other spots in Europe and from the Union itself, right? Eighty over eighty thousand tickets sold. And look, on top of that, we've got ninety thousand. What did WWE announce? Something like ninety thousand tickets sold. For WrestleMania next year, like on their two days and their pre just in the pre-sale, like these are all things we should be celebrating. These are things that we should all be jumping around and being excited about and saying, you know, saying that you know how how exciting it is to be in this moment of pro wrestling where, where not only we have we we have a uh, 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 you know a major league company that's doing fantastic business, but we have a competitor, we have a challenger brand. We hit a number, we have a number two that is doing these outstanding numbers. And MJF in the chat, and I shit you not for those of you who are listening to this and aren't here live, MJF in the chat says we're probably gonna hit 82,000 and he's absolutely right. What did I say we were at 81,189? And if you look at at the trend right now, They're absolutely busting 82,000. I think we'll be really close to 85. I think we're going to get really, really close to 85. So the story, and I think, because I've also seen, you know, bozos out there, you know, doing this weird thing where it's like, hey, they're selling 80,000 tickets. They have to be doing something right. And I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I think you can have both, you, you, I, I, I don't think both things are mutually exclusive. I think I can still talk about how the match doesn't feel special. How I, I, I think it's a fair criticism to put forward to say that AEW made um, AEW made uh, 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 the uh, the pay per view feel like just a like a full gear or um, you know. A revolution, And not that there's anything bad with those. There's nothing wrong with those pay-per-views. It's just, it feels like another one, just another one on the schedule when it is anything but. You know, I don't know who needs to, ha- to have this hammered home in their brains once again. This is going to be the biggest paid attendance for a wrestling show of all time. The only other one was, you know, You know, people came to the arena with guns to their heads, kind of thing. They had soldiers looking at them. They were like, hey, we might take uh, members of your family away if you don't come to this wrestling show, kind of thing. I mean, they and it it just doesn't feel grandiose. And I've been talking about this for weeks, but since we are previewing the show, and maybe some people are just going to be popping in to listen to this for the first time, we're gonna, I'm gonna continue hammering this home. If there's one thing that WWE does well, it's making WrestleMania feel like the most important thing in the world. It's like, don't schedule any major medical operations on the day of WrestleMania, That's there's no point to it. They've been hammering us, they've been hammering WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. And then in the meantime, we get to, and then you know after that I should say, then we get to, uh, you know, then we get onto the road to WrestleMania. It's like 146 weeks left, uh, or 146 weeks, 146 days left, 93 days left, 20 days left, yeah. And then yes, it does at some point get really fucking annoying. But there's you know there's there there's a there's a a a a a, a, a middle ground to be had between you know over WrestleMania announcement overkill versus what AEW did with Wembley. Like there's, there's a middle here. There's a sweet spot that we, um, that we, that that we didn't get. So, (coughs) so that's just fantastic, if you ask me. Um, So, you know, both things are true. So you can look at this and say, you know, the card is good, but the build was bad. Or they, the, again, it's not even a question of the build this bad because there are matches on on this card that are fantastically built, you know, such as one between Maxwell Jacob Friedman and Adam Cole, for instance, right? We got to put that guy over, and there's others too. And 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 I'm also a guy who doesn't care sometimes. Sometimes a cool match is a cool match. Sometimes you can just bring in two guys or girls and just be, just because of where they're from and you know how they're coming in well it's just like you can just put them together and it's like hey go out there have a cool match you don't need the build that's also a thing <laughs> not enough sign pointing to the bill to the not in the build up to all and yeah see that's exactly what we're talking about um but that's where we're at right now you know so i think that i think to wrap this part of the preview up I think that the, um, uh, I think that the, uh, I think that it's fine to criticize the build for what this means for pro wrestling, as far as a historic moment goes, Um, a a landmark, and how significant it is for AEW. Christ, this company is barely five years old. We're still like in startup mode. And they are outdrawing the World Wrestling Federation, WWE, whatever the hell you want to call them. Because I'm thinking back to the Wembley show in 92. So that's why my brain goes to Federation. But they're outdrawing them, a company that's been around for 50 years. And they're, they're, they're pulling this shit off. Like these are all things that we can applaud that we, but why is it that the company that is promoting this event, why why aren't they making the rest of us understand how special this is? Why is it someone like me, a dope, in an office on a Tuesday night with a ring light telling you that this is special? See, you know what I mean? Like why am I hammering this home? Because it is, and it shouldn't be my job to do it. I should be. I should be following the tide and going, yeah, whoa! They are absolutely right when they say that this is the greatest show, the biggest show ever done. You know, so that's what I should be doing. So I think both are, but you know, it. it you don't have to go all in on one side or not. <laughs> Pun intended, but really wasn't. You just have to go. I, I think it's a fair analysis of the situation here. Card is fine. I think it's going to be a good show. I, I have no reasons to believe that it won't be. But as a wrestling fan, as someone who is, who, you know, who's also been in, you know, who, who watched a lot of wrestling, who's, who enjoys the history of wrestling, this should have been. This was a home run, a grand slam. I'm already out of breath. <laughs> Lucas Charpio, nice to see you. And welcome. C'est bon de te voir encore ce soir. On a MJF et un sans blague. Hein? On a MJF dans, dans le chat présentement. So you know, look on that note and everything in regards to the build-up. Tony Khan did have his media call today. Lucas talking about it in the chat. Might as well bring it up here. Um... And uh, I think the biggest news to, uh, the biggest news to, <laughs> the biggest news to come out of this is, um, I believe the biggest news to come out of it, uh, out of the uh, the media call today, was that uh, Tony Khan announces that uh, things are going to happen, uh, that, that matches are going to change due to Things happening in the real world as opposed to pro wrestling being a completely fake one. That really, you know, that's that's internet speak if you ask me. You know, when we say my IRL friends as opposed to my online friends. Anyway, let me read the little blurb here. Josh Nason from the uh, Figure Four Online wrote this. Uh, according to the man who is putting the show together, AEW head Tony Khan revealed during Tuesday's media call that he expects changes for Sunday's All In pay-per-view from London, London's Wembley Stadium. Uh, there will be adjustments to the card, he says. Uh, some of them um, uh, may have been planned, um, uh, may have been planned from the start. But uh, and some things we're dealing with on the fly. That's what he said. I managed to, to, to read lines here. What I find interesting in this quote, let me read that again because I, I sort of flubbed it, but I'm going to read it again. There will be adjustments to the card. Some of them have been playing, planned from the beginning. Some are things we're dealing with on the fly. Well, they're not changes if they're planned, are they? <laughs> or... Look, I mean, we can get into the semantics of it, but I find it's a, it's a bit of a, oh, some of these changes were planned. Well, okay, maybe angles, guys being taken out, whatever. Anyway, he didn't go into specifics. This is the rest of the article here. He didn't go into specifics as to what the changes will be and when they will be announced. Both Dynamite and Saturday Saturday's Collision uh, will be held this Wednesday while Rampage was taped last Saturday. It doesn't appear those changes will be for the AEW tag team titles uh, between FTR and the Young Bucks, despite Cash Wheeler's arrest last week for aggravated assault with a firearm. As of Tuesday morning, it was reported that Wheeler was expected for the show, with Khan saying on the call that he is taking the situation seriously, but doesn't have all the facts as of now. Which is fair. Fair. He continues on, he being Tony Khan Quote, I expect more changes There were not changes I wanted to make Or planned to make, he said There will probably be some changes To the card necessitated by things happening In the real world Still really funny Stuff in some cases that is nobody's fault But stuff that is not Related to the world of professional wrestling Now, again Just an odd quote Because, you know If if and this is a big if he's referring to cash wheeler's uh situation uh yet yeah, is entirely uh someone's fault if that happened there is one guy to blame here now again in fairness i guess he did plead not guilty and there's stuff you know this is a developing story right we only got a few things to work off on we have the affidavit and so on and so forth but <clears throat> Uh, but, that, you know, there we go. That, that's the thing. Um, but it's just like, yes, there. I mean, there, there are things happening that are someone's fault. Um, Khan said he is grateful none of the changes will affect the main event of AEW world champion MJF defending against Adam Cole. Aren't we all, though? He said that the success of their storyline has been a blessing for both the company and the card. Khan said Brian Danielson was someone he wanted to have pr- prominently involved in the show in a quote-unquote main match, but that injury was a fluke thing, but that his injury was a fluke thing. Oh, you don't say. Additionally, I mean, you know, who plans it? Are we planning injuries now? I mean, uh, but it's, okay. look, I'm being, I'm being stupid nit- nitpicky, but it, yeah, it's all right, you know, it's okay. Additionally, he wanted Jamie Hayter and Pac to both be prominently involved on All In, but their availability is due to injury changed quote-unquote a lot of plans and i have no doubt on that absolutely no doubt um other little uh other little uh, notes here well khan himself said in the uh khan himself said uh in the uh in the media call that the current gate for all in sits around 10 million i'm assuming dollars and not pounds sterling and 80,000 tickets, according to WrestleTicks, we're a little higher than that. Uh, And uh, when asked about the roles of Kenny Omega and the Jacksons as executive vice presidents versus those of Chris Jericho and CM Punk who don't have titles but have influence backstage, Khan said the EVPs have a variety of responsibilities but didn't directly answer the question or discuss the differences. Khan also didn't answer how many years the elite members sign on their new deals saying the start dates and end dates are different due to factors like injury time I know ex- I mean I I think we all know who we're speaking of right I think we all know who we're talking about Kearney Omega. um but y- you know as as a as an observer as a fan as someone who is involved in this and who you know who 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 puts uh who puts you know all of their uh not their livelihood but you know puts a lot of passion into pro wrestling this is the kind of stuff that i i'd like to know this is the kind of stuff that as a fan if i had just a a way more transparency on this i think i would appreciate it i'd like to know what these individual roles are instead of like oh they're a coach or they're an evp an evp of what what are the responsibilities what are the duties you know everyone lost their minds when cody left because he's an evp what do the evps do you know and but I also understand, look, I, I I know that AEW is not um required to disclose that information because they're they're a private company, they're not publicly traded, so we don't need to understand the structure all that much. You know, whatever happens, happens. Uh and I can also understand, let's say, I, I, I can also understand a strategy where Tony Khan is like, look, we're gonna keep this uh as opaque as possible in regards to fans because I don't want individual people eating uh, I don't want individual people eating shit for bad decisions for th- poor things that happen during the show because ultimately I'm the captain and I should be taking I should be taking the lumps so if he does take lumps then he can just turn around and give someone you know some personal lumps and not I'm doing this but not physically not really your employer should never beat up on you <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But but you know, it's like I can appreciate that, you know, him being a shield, essentially, to public criticism, to people who think they understand how things work, and then immediately like jump on and go, Argh. you know, tear someone apart and then hit the bricks kind of thing. Um That's just you know, that's that that's uh, um that's something anyway that we can the, 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 that could that, that, that could probably factor in here, but so I understand maybe why not doing it, but also I'd like to have some, I guess some just, just, it's a tra- it's not even transparency, it's not even a question of transparency, it's just like as a fan, I just like to know this stuff look who just popped in, c'est Norbert Feuillant who is the voice of AEW in France very, all the stars are here tonight all <laughs> oh, the stars, good to see you, Norbert. Bonsoir. Il se fait tard, to to Sorry for the French. Let's move on. Uh, a couple of more notes. Khan hinted heavily that the company will have a bigger presence as well in the UK. But that, you know, he felt that before All In, uh, it wasn't the right time to make those announcements. No, he feels like we mentioned, uh, because these are two sets of notes, basically, uh, he feels MJF and Adam Cole has been uh, one of the best, if not the best story they have ever told on television. Now, and quite honestly, <laughs> you know, it's doing fantastic for them. Fantastic, yeah, Doing great numbers for TV, for ratings, and that's fantastic. But I want to throw, I want to throw the... Um, the the, the, the the Kenny Omega Adam Page stuff in here Yeah, you know, the whole the whole Adam Page story Goddamn, that was, uh, that was some good stuff too But on two different levels, if you ask me, right? Two different approaches And I don't want to start splitting hairs tonight You know, we could, you know, set up a debate on another occasion But right now, let's continue with the preview uh, Khan said it will be Because uh, he was uh, talking about uh, Sting And he said it will be up to Sting On when he wants his career to end adding, quote, I don't want it to end, and I will not be the one to pull the plug on his career. So there we go. Khan also said that Warner Bros. Discovery head David Zaslav recently told his father, Shad, upon meeting him that, quote unquote, your son is fucking killing it. (laughs) Okay, is is this a compliment? Like from David Zaslav, I don't know, it depends, look, it depends on what side of the fence you're on, I guess, you know, but <laughs> that was, that's a funny, funny little note. So that, you know, those are, you know, the the, 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 the notes of interest, I guess, that uh, that came out from the, uh, from the uh, media call, you know, of course there was, uh, how does it feel going to London, you know, you know I, I, how does it feel going to London? and selling out Wembley. I'm sure the answer might surprise you. <laughs> eh ben voilà, Sturie, how are you? Bonsoir! It really is an all-star cast tonight. We got the whole French community hanging out here tonight. Plus our scumbag. So let's get into the matches, let's start talking about the shit let's get into the preview for these matches right here as soon as i take a little sip of drink here oh you are going to wembley that's awesome that's awesome i it's going to be it is going to be a hell of an event it's going to be one hell of a party like n- no one does audiences like the europeans do they really don't a few years ago i had the chance to to go uh, sit, uh, sit at a Real Madrid uh, match. This was years ago. I'm talking, look, my oldest. It's like it's about 20 years at this point. And it is, it, the energy, everything is so much fun. It's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah, it's going to be 50% French. So you're, you're, you're all OK traveling international waters to go to the UK? That's tell- <laughs> what you're telling me. <laughs> All right, let's go for it. Aussie Open, in the pre-show, are taking on MJF and Adam Cole for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. So, um, so here's the interesting thing. The, the minute that this popped up, right, the minute that, you know, that, that Adam Cole brought this up and that they did this angle, I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is great. That means that there is something that is going to happen that is going to compel you to want to watch the rest of the show, right? This has got to be the outcome. This has got to be the thing, right? This has absolutely got to be the thing. It can't be just a tease. Can it be just a tease? I'm thinking full-on turn here. And yet, look, I've talked multiple times as to who should turn on who and why. And look, I am flabbergasted, even to this day, at how Everyone has picked up on MJF as a babyface, how great he is as a babyface, how natural he just, he just slid into that role and how amazing it's working. And I think in an environment where on one side, you have CM Punk who wants to be a heel and is holding a phony baloney world title, right? <laughs> and then you have MJF who is the actual champion and is converting to babyface. I don't think you turn MJF. I think you double down on, on on babyface MJF, and you have Adam Cole put the boots to him in the pre-show, and then you have you have MJF come in with rib tape <laughs> for the main event, and you like, and you're like that scumbag Adam Cole with Roderick Strong and his Kingdom buddies, right? That scumbag. Look at what he did, and then you have. You're, you're, you and, and I think that's bold as fuck. I think it's tremendously bold to have your main event, your main eventers, your, uh, your top act in the company right now, your top feud, be in the pre-show of your pay-per-view to do something that will have a direct impact, right? That will have, that will have, that, that, that will be more than a story beat a, a, you know, a turn. And I think that's, that is spectacular. And it's not something anyone else does. It's it's not something that anyone else does. You know, the other guys, they have a bunch of people sitting around a table giving kayfabe commentary about what's going to happen in the show later on in the evening. And now we've got this where that has legitimate intrigue. This might be the most watched Pre-show in the history of pre-shows in pro wrestling, but it—I absolutely, 100 percent—would go with, um, with go with uh, Adam Cole turning on MJF because they failed to win the titles, and Adam Cole wants a belt. He wants he wants titles. That's his thing, and then it turns out. And it and, and and it's and it turns out and yes it would be imagine how we're talking about the crowd the the people at home imagine the audience imagine how wild the audience would get it's just insane so circling back here <laughs> uh, I, I lost my train of thought I la lo- uh, I lost where I was going with this but look it doesn't matter the point is that um, uh, 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 I think that's the best way to do it. I think that's what you do. And then you maintain a top babyface MJF. You know what I even do? Well, no, I'm going to talk about it later. I'm going to talk about it. Later. But you maintain a top babyface MJF so that he fights CM Punk at full gear like it was supposed to happen last year before, you know, the muffin incident, before the gripe bomb happened. And and have CM Punk do the J-O-B for the one, two, three, TMJF at full gear for the title, drops his, you know, drops his phony baloney title, and because and, I swear to God, the, this real world champion stuff, it cannot, I do not want this to last long. Y'all were sick and tired of interim titles, what do you think this bullshit is all about? Anyway, but in the meantime, I think this should be pretty good. <laughs> We're here talking about the meta around it, right? The story. But this should be pretty good. Co- like, I don't see... There's no reason for this to, to suck. You know, even though Rajgiri has no idea who Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher are and he feels very uh, uh, uncomfortable about it. Uh, I do. You do. And we're all excited for the match. Am I right, fellas? And ladies, let's go. Ikarushida will be defending... The uh, AEW Women's World Championship in a four-way match against Tony Storm, Saraya and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, I, you know, I'm hoping this will be good, but you know me, when it comes to titles and uh, when it comes to titles, build a challenger, go one-on-one, you know, that's it, it's just, mm, move on. <laughs> just build a challenger have a one-on-one let's get on with our lives Pfft, that's it we're good right that's all we really need so i understand look i understand the jamie hater jamie hater being injured probably did throw the biggest of monkey wrenches into the situation here um there was a re- look i don't think Sheeta is holding the title coming out of this match uh, because there was a reason why they had Tony Storm drop it a couple of weeks ago before coming into this, coming into this. And quite frankly, I think it is to set up Soraya winning the title without having to, you know, create, without having to beat her friend, without having to take the title away from her friend, her stablemate, I think that's where we're going, and and quite frankly, I think it's the worst case scenario. <laughs> I, I think it's the I think it's the worst case scenario. Like, look at who's in this match, and and tell me, you know, yeah, world champion. I don't know. Soraya's been a little bit of a bat. she's been a little bit of a bill of goods. Are are we sure, are we sure Ronnie Radke is not playing at the, are we sure, are we sure he's not getting the? God, that'd suck. (laughs) Uh, You know, if we're being real here. You know, Soraya has, you know, she has the charisma, she has the presence, she has her storied history, but, you know, as far as her in-ring goes, she hasn't really shown anything that bl- that blows anyone's minds, you know. Between all of these three women here, where you have, you know, an excellent worker like Tony Storm, a great wrestler like Sheeta, uh, uh, a, 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 a very good wrestler like Britt, you know, Soraya sticks out here. Or maybe this is the performance That she's just been saving Maybe she's Hiroshi Tanahashi In the G133 Where throughout the tournament You know You're going like Oh my god The dude's washed How is he ever going to compete And then he gets to the To the uh, To the block finals And he pulls out a masterpiece With Tetsuya Naito Who is you know Up there in age as well And with bad needs And so on and so forth And you're like okay You know well When it's time He pulls it up. Maybe Maybe Soraya is one of those We're We're about to find out Did I just compare Soraya to Hiroshi Tanahashi? Conrad, I was going to say Carlos. Carlos is another person here in the chat. But Conrad from Everything Pro Wrestling, how are you, pal? And welcome. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Go Ace, indeed. Um, Then we get Darby Allin and Sting taking on the the mogul. They're also very mobile. They go places. <laughs> the Mogul Embassy, uh, AR Fox, and Swerve Strickland um, in a tag team coffin match. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, and folks, uh, I hopefully, um, and hopefully, uh, 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 someone in the chat will be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, if I picked up on this correctly, both individuals of the team, both members of the team have to be in the coffin for the other team to win, correct? I believe I got that right. It's not just one guy who gets locked up. But uh, but look, this is a match that, again, certain wrestling pundits say, called this, this is barely a television match, right? I've seen this. How is this on the Wembley show when this is barely a dynamite match, they do it in that voice because they want to sound—they want to sound sophisticated. They want—they want to—they want, to, want to sound like they're like they know what they're talking about. So then they put on an accent that makes them sound sophisticated and knowledgeable. Whereas this is one of the matches on the card that I was talking about earlier. This is one of the matches on the card that has the most build. Right, that that has and that has had a fantastic build. Like I, like this is out of control, crazy at this point. How how great this one. I, the 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 beatdown at uh, at the at the Wayne uh, school for training Nick Wayne, <laughs> whatever it's called, that was amazing, and I'm still into it. I've been into this entire build. I think it. I think it, it. It rules. I think it's fantastic, and I'm excited to see this match. Look, all the elements are there for this match to be, uh, to be awesome and crazy. I am stoked for this match. And if Sting wants to do more crazy shit, let Sting let Sting go and do. You know what? I I hope he does more crazy shit to 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 spin the 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 uh the uh whatchamacallum the uh the safety police to get them in a tizzy again because this is great and yeah i agree you know ar fox and swerve right lucha underground lives forever but it is great like everything works here all of this has been outstanding it has been a tremendous build and i'm excited for this match and you know here's the thing where you're like where, where darby is on he he's he's fighting two battles he's fighting two battles on two entirely different fronts right because he's doing this on one ha- on one hand and then on the other hand he's you know he's gunning for the tnt title and yet i can follow everything see i'm not i'm not a complete dope i'm not a, you know i'm not a a, a a a a complete idiot and you know why it's working because they're not mixing the cards they're not shuffling the entire deck together. They didn't bring out Swerve and Fox uh, on collision this week when they had, when they had, uh, when, um, when Darby had that, uh, that run in with, uh, with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. They didn't have everyone come down and sort of muddy everything up. No, no, no. Everything is nice and tidy in its own spot and makes sense and it works. It's good stuff next match we're going to talk about is the golden elite or the golden cowboys how do we call them how do we i guess the golden elite Cody, ibushi kenny omega and hangman adam page will be taking on the bullet club gold duo of juice robinson and jay white plus Kaneske Takeshita. uh i know a lot of people are flustered that uh, kenny omega is not getting a uh is not getting a singles match at all in um, and one would assume that a guy like Kenny sort of calls the shots here, and maybe it's like you know what? Maybe we should do this because look, here's another. This is something I forgot to mention. This is what I forgot to mention earlier on um, in the uh, in the uh, in the thing when we started <laughs> in the thing, the introduction, Warren. Uh, 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 Kenny. And, 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 and not Kenny, but there are matches on All Out, which will unequivocally set up some things for All In. Uh, for, hang on, let me see. I'm confused now. Let me start over. There are matches on All In that are unequivocally going to set up matches for All Out. Because All Out is literally a week later. So there is, there are going to be angles and stuff being set up. Now... Again, I know a lot of people are a little bummed that Kenny Omega isn't getting the big singles match at Wembley, but you still have another show to fill out. Now, you know this has been a criticism in regards to in regards to the positioning of of, of the Wembley show. Why do you put it a week before all out? Why can't you just space them out a little more? Uh, all I look venue availability is is a Multifaceted tentacled beast. <laughs> there's so many, there's so many things that get into it. And you know, I've dabbled in this. It's not an easy thing. Uh, so you know, there was probably look, I would assume that all out was already locked in. And then Wembley popped up. The opportunity for Wembley popped up. And AEW just went, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let's take the let's take the opportunity, let's take the chance. We might not get uh, we might not get uh, to it just yet. We talked about your pre-show, Max. We're getting there, trust me. So, um, so there's things on this show, basically, is what I'm saying. There's things on this show that are going to have to, uh, they're going to have to uh, move to the next level, right? There's things that are going to have to move to to the next uh, to, to to the next pay-per-view. Things that are going to have to be set up here. So, um, so that's the thing. There you go. so I, as far as this match goes, you know what I was telling you earlier, I I'm you know, I'm the kind of guy that you, you, you know, you, you put cool people in a cool match, just have them do things. this look, all of these people are quality assured top-notch pro wrestlers and people who there's some people in here who have wrestled each other multiple times as well so you know everyone everyone is you know has worked with each other everyone knows each other maybe outside Takeshita who might be the 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 outside man in on this one but then again Takeshita's fantastic this is gonna rule but I will join the chorus of people saying that we have to stop fucking around with Adam Page keeping him off tv there was, a, there was a time that that guy was the ace of the company, you know. And now he's he's sort of floundering. He's, what are we doing with Paige? And again, maybe it was contract season. Maybe it was, uh, you know, other factors, you know. The other factors that rhyme with, uh, uh, that, that rhyme with the uh, cheese man hunk. You know, could be, we don't know what was going on backstage. We really don't. But, uh, you know, Paige is beloved, good baby face, solid worker. He's put on some extraordinary matches, you know, uh, he put on some extraordinary matches at the, uh, uh, at the the during the first quarter of the year, so we got to start doing stuff here. But I'm excited for this match. I think it'll be good. Very good, actually. Then we have the Stadium Stampede match. <clears throat> Tony Khan... Um, <laughs> Tony Khan said that there would be, you know, there would be matches that would be affected because of things happening in the quote-unquote real world. Uh, And I think this is the one. In fact, I don't want to say I know for sure, because I don't, but this is kind of what's been going around in my haunts, is that this match, uh, this is the match that um, might not... Arrive as it was advertised last week. We, you know, you might have ordered something from Amazon, but you're getting it from Wish. I'm exaggerating. You know, the the pr- there's going to be principal components that are going to be muable here, but you know, it, it, it might not be like what an eight on eight. What is it? Two, yeah, an eight, uh, yeah. or a, or not an eight on eight. What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six. A twelve man match. Uh, we m- might be sure. Show- you know might be a 10 it might be a five on five you know it might be you know just (laughs) things things are gonna happen here uh and by the time you're listening to this you know maybe dynamite has already happened and all the speculation is down the toilet um but uh you know i this is what i'm hoping for i'm echoing the same thing i echoed last week uh or at least on the at the very least on the dynamite review i don't remember where we talked about it but um, if they're going to do a stadium stampede match, I hope it is a stadium stampede match in name only. I hope it is not a pre-tape ordeal because if I'm a rowdy a British wrestling fan surrounded by 80, 82,000 other rowdy British fans, and um, and that guy, you know, uh, I I I I wouldn't I wouldn't care for that. I wouldn't care for what to just watch on my screens. You know, I'm assuming this might be something closer to anarchy in the arena than a stadium stampede, but they wanted to use the stadium stampede name because, hell, it is in a stadium. <laughs> it is happening in a stadium, and you're not going to call it anarchy in an arena when you just did it into the other paper just a couple of months ago. So, look, we'll see what happens, but, you know, the, the pandemic solutions for pro wrestling should remain in our memories of the pandemic. That's how I'm going to leave that for now. Will Ospreay is going to be taking on Chris Jericho. I think this is a match that nobody should be sleeping on. I'm excited for this. Uh, I believe Will Ospreay to be the greatest pro wrestler on planet Earth right now. I think Chris Jericho is going to be turning it up for this. um, It's going to be turning it up for this, uh, adventure, um, yeah, I really don't think this is, this is one that uh, anyone should be poo-pooing or, you know, tossing aside or anything like, "Eh." no, 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 this, this is going to be a good one, um, because Jericho's gonna come in, he's going to come in, he, no, look, he's no dummy, coming into this huge crowd, with greatest worker on the planet, he's, he knows what he's in for, so he's not going to slouch this up. And the thing here with Will Ospreay is that he will make sure that he gets everything good out of you and will protect you to make sure that this match works. Then you only have to look to the semifinals of the G1 this year when he carried a, uh, a, 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 a knocked out Tetsuya Naito, a loopy, tetsuya naito to the finish he carried him through the finish he was doing the destinos for uh he was he was landing destinos on himself like he was just moving naito around like it was phenomenal shit i'm excited for this like this is one that 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 has my blood pumping i'm 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 cool with it and i think this might set up more stuff for uh for all in two we'll see CM Punk versus Samoa Joe singles match for the quote unquote real world championship I cannot begin to express how yeah I mentioned it earlier but you know I'm gonna drive this home here I cannot begin to express how anxious I am at the idea of a a secondary world championship running around that doesn't do it for me God it doesn't do it for me Listen. um, For all the people that CM Punk is feuding with right now in AEW. Ricky Starks, Jay White, MJF, Samoa Joe, Like this is, this is the one, like a rematch of a match we've already had. This is the only thing that we could do. This is the best thing we could come up with. You know, he, and, and he's, you know, even his imaginary feud that he has only in his mind, you know, with Hangman Adam Page. This is the best we could do here, and again, I have no no problems with this. Yeah, I hope no one is expecting like a you know, a you know, a twenty minute Ring of Honor classic here because that's not going to happen. Not at the you know, not at the age that these guys have, and what they're capable of doing anymore. I think this is kind of weird. This is kind of weird. Because we did have the match just a couple of months ago, and you know what? It, it happened. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Look, I am a big Samoa Joe guy. Love Samoa Joe. We're talking Punk versus Osprey in the chat. Could Punk work in the Osprey match? I'm just... Being fair here. Could CM Punk work an Osprey match? There's a lot of guys in this company that could run, a, that could work an Osprey match. I think Osprey would have to work a CM Punk match if you, if you, if you're, if you're picking up what I'm putting down here. I don't know how to feel about this match. I really don't. I don't. I don't have many thoughts about it. CM Punk is going to retain his 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 Bizarro World Championship because again, again the end game out of all of this cm punk wants to be a fucking heel so bad let him be a heel let mjf continue to be the baby face let's go to full gear let's have mjf go over as it was supposed to be in 2021 let's just get that out of the way let's just do this well the, okay fair the punk kojima match was very good i did enjoy it and point taken all right but um, Will Ospreay works on on another gear. He just works on another gear throughout his entire match. Now, he can adapt because he's the best and he'd probably adapt to make sure that this worked out. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like, eh, can CM Punk even do it kind of thing. Anyway, look, we're good. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working on getting a funny bone. Um, FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Look, this was, this was the match that I was most looking forward to. Sorry, Max. This was the match I was most looking forward to. I still am. But now we're going to talk about it. Last Friday, news broke that Cash Wheeler had been arrested. Turns out, uh, he was appearing in court last Friday after being served a warrant back on July 28th. Wheeler is alleged to have flashed a handgun at another person during a road rage incident on July 27, or at least that's how it was, you know, explained, very not explained, but referred to as during his hearing and the, you know, during the 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 lie when the during his hearing, that's how the judge referred to it. What seems to be a road rage incident is what they said. Something to that effect. The warrant. Uh, was arrested. The warrant for his arrest was filed, excuse me, the following day. And according to county records, he pled not guilty through a lawyer on August 3rd, turned himself in on Friday morning to Orlando police. Very scant details, like I said, are provided. Uh, were provided during his court appearance where he was booked, of course, but they did say that it was a road rage type incident. And the police uh, affidavit, the responding officer um, Did uh, did add a little more insight into it, and it does seem to hold up with what the judge was talking about. Uh, I won't read through the entire thing, um, but uh, here's what the officer wrote upon upon my arrival uh, in reference to an aggravated assault with a firearm. I spoke to the victim Daniel Mata, who provided me with a sworn written slash verbal statement that said the following. Mata stated he was driving west on Interstate Four of Exit 83. He noticed a jeep gladiator can, can you believe a jeep gladiator that's what he decided to buy with all his money. anyway he noticed a jeep gladiator weaving in and out of traffic honking its horn so he moved over to the far right lane to let the jeep pass matta said the jeep took the right shoulder to drive around him on the passenger side of his vehicle mata looked over and noticed a white male with a beard pointing a black semi-automatic handgun out of the driver's window at him with a strong stare. Mata said he feared for his life at that time. Mata stated he should slow down to get out of the way of the firearm and ended up behind the suspect's vehicle at this time. And then it continues on. So those are the essential, uh, those are the uh, essentially the, the details here. So... So this is the, the, this is the situation that happened, um, and uh, and he appeared in court for that. He was given a $2,500 bond, ordered to turn in any weapons he owns, and to have no contact with the alleged victim. So of course, that's a blemish. That's something that's like, oh, uh, wow, I mean, it's it's not something good. He, he pled not guilty, right? I don't know if I mentioned this clearly. Yes, he, I did mention it. He pled not guilty. So, you know, there's going to, this is going to move forward. There's, you know, he's challenging the accusation. So we'll see what happens. But I just got to say, and I know right now there's other non Americans in the chat. I just have to say that it's wild for me that I've got, that I see people going around saying, what is the big deal? He just flashed his gun. And I'm like, it's a huge deal. What are you talking about? You're pointing out, you're pulling out a firearm, just going, like, that's, that is insane behavior. Thank God he didn't shoot. Like, what? Would would you have preferred that he, that he shot Daniel Mata? Like, I know. And then, you know, people tell me, well, it's like when someone pulls a knife on you. Sure. It's the same thing. The, the, but it's the same level of, of aggression. The difference is, is that the guy with the knife has to be pretty close here, whereas the guy with the gun could be, you know, fucking across the, the, uh, across the street, on the, you know, across the corner and could be shooting at you. You know, he doesn't have to, like a gun is absolutely worse than a fucking knife. What are we doing? Now, Developing story and whatnot There's gonna be a court date This is not finished. He's challenging it He's not guilty So this is gonna move forward We're gonna hear more evidence There's gonna be more stuff that's gonna pop up Let's defer any judgments Until then But if he did do this what The fuck was he doing <laughs> Like And I know it's Florida I know and it you know, I know road rage is a thing now. But Jesus Christ, someone pulls a gun on me. And I'm like, sure. Hey, oi, it's aggravated assault he's being charged with. It's not a misdemeanor. This is serious. People are like, oh he just flashed his gun. <laughs> he just flashed his gun. All he did officer was unsheathe his sword. you know it's like I I, I, I do not understand that's and I promise you I, you know and I, and, I, and I'm glad you know some of the the, the the non-American folks are backing me up on this For the rest of the world this when this kind of stuff happens, we just shrug and shake our head because we it is unrelatable to people like me. I just don't understand how people are going, oh, well, you know, he just showed up, he just flashed his gun. He didn't shoot anyone. It's just a road rage incident. Who cares? It's like, <laughs> what? 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 Anyway, back to the point what we were talking about. That MJ, uh, the, this does not deter from what I feel should happen regardless and I, th- I thought this from the start, and that is that the Bucks should win the titles at Wembley. Why? Because it's the Young Bucks. They are the greatest tag team of the past 20 years. They defined an entirely different style of pro wrestling in North America. They helped bring it forward anyway, bring it into the limelight. It's their fucking company. The Young Bucks, and I know there's a lot of people who probably don't want to hear this, but the Young Bucks have been nothing but gracious since the formation of aew making sure not to make themselves go over too much you know pushing the other you know losing to private party and you know it's like oh well you know we'll have an occasional great match here or there you know and oh we'll do trio stuff and oh we'll wrestle our buddies you know all that stuff but i think the young bucks have not had a proper Dominant run with the tag team titles in the fucking company they're EVPs in, the company that they helped that they helped form a, a tag team that is seminal to your enjoyment of tag team wrestling in North America. You know, and I have no argument to anyone who wants to challenge that with, well, FTR the fucking best tag team of the best, uh, you know, so on. Uh, and and we can sit around and we can trade notes and I would and I would agree with what most most people would bring out in regards to FTR because they are legitimately fantastic. But it's time for the Bucks to stop being such fucking nice guys and putting other guys over and being eh. no, no. It's time to grab this bull by the horns. It's their show. It's their company. They're one of the greatest tag teams of all time. They should get the win at Wembley. Make this fucking historic for them. Because it's the fucking Young Bucks. A tag team that has eaten so much shit over the years. So much shit. And once they're done, once they're gone, that's when people are going to go start going, oh, you know what? The Bucks were really fucking good, weren't they? Because they could work any t- style of match. And they can work any style of match. They can work the style of match that people really don't like. You know, the, the flippy do. Um, you know, spot fests. I understand that. People do, I understand why people hate that. But they're also capable of having extraordinary, extraordinary matches. It rules. So regardless of whether cash got into legal issues or not, you know, if we if we were in the same spot 3 weeks ago when none of this was public that we weren't aware of anything, I'd still be sitting here telling you ah, the Bucks should win for the same reasons I just uh, enumerated here. You know, the Bucks had the dream, not just the dream. They told us, they said, "We want AEW to be the destination for tag team wrestling. We want tag team matches to main event pay-per-views so on and so forth you all remember those sh- the, those spiels right i'm sure you do then what better way to re-establish all of this than to let the guys the foundation the visionaries take control let's go because the tag team division in, in in AEW, right up until recently eh, it was kind of a pale copy of what it used to be not exactly as exciting as it once was all right here's the shot in the arm we need I I am completely for this. You know and, and and if the plans changed because Cash is in legal trouble and Tony doesn't want to risk it and decided to take the belts off of him for even for a punishment, right? And if the bucks are beneficiaries, good. Good cuz I think that's what you do. Main event time. MJ vs Adam Cole. Look, we've talked about it. We even talked about it before coming before actually starting the recording of the podcast. <laughs> we had uh, we had a little discussion about it, but I'll reiterate it because you know there's a lot of people who will be watching this on demand, will not have access to the full stream. So um, I loved everything this feud has done in the ring I love the promos I loved the the backstage segments I think it all was great but I I think I I, I thought the I, I I thought that the the the, the vignettes this the bits I thought they I I, I thought they stunk I don't think they were funny, and I especially didn't think the trampoline one was funny. I thought that was the most aggressive. You know, the, the one thing that made me smile, the one thing that I really did enjoy, legitimately, was MJF beaming little kids with uh, with dodgeballs, especially that one that one kid was on the iPhone, and she gets it like straight on the cheek, and you see all the cheek meat reverberate under the impact, and I was like, okay, all right, that's funny. But yeah, anyway, I'm not gonna rehash them all. You can all check out my reviews. You can all check you can all watch my dynamite reviews. There's your mission, there's your there's your homework if you want to hear all my individual t- thoughts on each of them. Um but everything that they did in the ring, everything they did in the matches, as goofy as they were, everything worked, and then when it was time, this is what makes this is what makes this feud work at the same time. One week, they're doing fucking dance-offs, right, where I'm gritting my teeth, and I'm like, can we just have people wrestle, goddammit? And then the next week, they're challenging him. They're, they're, they 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 flip the switch, and now they're in super serious mode because then they're, they're going to beat the FTR. They're going to beat Cash and Dax. I'm like, all right. And now I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. This is the energy I want. This is what I like. This is what i like about all of this this is what i like about pro wrestling and these guys all of these guys uh, mjf adam cole these are world-class talents what are we talking about like there's nothing and 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 the match they had the 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 world championship uh, uh, match they had we seem to have all forgotten throughout all the nonsense that these two had an extraordinary television match that went to time like legitimately went to time, like with two seconds to spare on a three count, just outstanding stuff. Like a, a a pinpoint precision match, a great in-ring story. What? There is nothing to be worried about the Wembley match. I just think the you know the build is is like this for me. And even if they had decided to issue. All, yes, that's right. I'm bringing, out, I'm bringing out the big ones. I'm bringing out my, I'm bringing out my, my English lit major words here. If they were to issue all of the nonsense, all of the vignettes, this would be a spot-on perfect build. But look. It's doing good. It's doing good for them. <laughs> it's doing great for them. It's doing fantastic. Quarter hours. Do you know if we're gonna be a little honest with each other here? Because I have a lot of people, calling, know. Oh, it's the bloodline of AEW, so you guys know my position in this as well. It's like you know, don't grind this into the ground. Don't turn it into dust so that no one, like no one cares. And we're kind of like what they're doing right now with the bloodline, right? Always leave people wanting more. Want you know, so pull the plug while it's hot. Makes it hotter, you know. But look. I feel I feel like we're gonna get that in just a couple of days I think we're 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 on the um <laughs> I, I feel we're on the cusp of 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 this uh, of a, a real legitimate story beat happening here uh at all in um but um you know it, it's doing good quarter hours and you know people are tuning in and people are saying this is the bloodline of aew but the one thing that it's not doing like the bloodline is moving tickets ticket sales are fine but you know we're not observing uh we're not observing an up an uptick in 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 in, in ticket sales for dynamites again i'm not saying that it's a disaster I'm not saying it's not working it's working because look The guys are popping quarter hours. They go to collision one week. They're in the main event. They pop the quarter hours. And not only that, they get what? Like the second highest rating since the debut. So it's like, it's fantastic stuff. What are we talking about? But, you know, as far as putting butts in seats, quote unquote, Tony Schiavone, it's not doing it. I don't think, look, I, I'm not trying to undermine how good it's working right now or how popular it is, but I think there's some folks who are overstating how popular it is or are imagining that it is as successful as, and it's not, and I don't think we're going to reach that level because I think there's a trigger that's being pulled this weekend, and that's okay. We'll go on to something else. And I think this did exactly what it needed to do this summer. It gave a hot angle for the summer for AEW. You can't, and that's something that you can absolutely not deny. Hot enough to, you know, show a, a a pronounced increase in biz, in business. No, merch sales, yes. But for the almighty putting butts in seats, that's maybe not it just yet. But to the match itself, if we go back to what we were talking about at first, at the, at the beginning of the show, um, at the when we were talking about the pre-show, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think this match happens under the specter of Adam Cole having turned on um, having turned on um, uh, MJF early on during the pre-show. Just to get everyone really pumped up to get those 82,000 people up on their seats when Adam Cole comes out and they just want to chuck shit on chuck shit at him, you know, Just be really fucking mad because again, I don't know how many times do I have to tell this? How many times do we have to say this again? I'll say it again. I'll just go ahead and say it again. The match in and about itself, okay? The match, uh, 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 the, uh, the, not the match, but the the end result here is for, in my opinion, for MJF to remain a babyface so that he will feud with a heel CM Punk. Again, I keep telling you over and over again, CM Punk wants to be a heel. They won't let him, but he wants to be a heel. Babyface MJF, heel CM Punk, roles reversed from their last match and then CM Punk does what he was supposed to do last year in 2022 and that is to do the job to Max at full gear this year. Well, he was supposed to do it last year but he'll do it at full gear this year. So, what do you do to end this match? MJF retains. That's what a normie would say. But me, a galaxy brain would say, no, you have Adam Cole win the fucking thing and then drop it next week at All In. Like, who cares? Out, all out. Who cares? <coughs> who cares if MJ, if if Adam Cole wins the title for a week? Like, it doesn't, it's actually great shit and it's unpredictable. It throws us all for a loop. And if that doesn't add on babyface sympathy for babyface scumbag MJF, I don't know what to tell you. That's all everyone is going to be talking about next week. CM Punk could ban Tony Khan from coming into collision and people wouldn't even be talking about that. They'd still be talking about MJF being betrayed by, by Adam Cole. And is MJF going to regain the title at All At all Out? And the And the answer is yes. That's what he does. Big baby face comes from behind, does it. You get your big show in Wembley, but then you you assure you get more buys, more pay-per-view buys, because you're asking people to buy two $50 pay-per-views back-to-back. Now, I know you can, you know, hit the high C's, are you know, and Yes, you know, and, and, and upon your galley, you know, upon the Jolly Roger and go, you know, I know you can do that, but you could technically speaking, you're asking people to shell out 250 pay-per-views back to back. And not necessarily everyone has that type of disposable income. So if you're going to do it, give them a fucking good reason to do it, you know, and I think this is it. That's what a galaxy brain would book. That's, what I do so listen I think this I think somehow Adam Cole gets back with the kingdom I think this was all a ruse I think this is Adam Cole who said weeks ago that he knows how to play MJF he's just he told you know Roderick Strong just let me do my thing shut up go away I know what I'm doing. And he kept telling Roderick Strong that week after week. But jilted lover, vanilla white, Roderick Strong, <laughs> just he, he doesn't understand it because he's a big dummy. But Adam Cole can play MJF like, like a fiddle. Ultimately, that's what the story is going to be. This is what it's going to end out to be. So there you go. Those that's my preview so did I make it clear I think Adam Cole wins the belt I think Adam Cole wins but MJF gets it back at all out but I think it's going to be a hell of a week if he does it's going to be great so those are my thoughts that's my preview of uh, all in 2023 the big Wembley show I'm excited to see how this goes down. I'm excited to see, to listen to this. You know, I'm fully, I'm fully expecting, you know, the, the North American audiences to be like, uh, this British crowd, they just want to get themselves over, you know, with the chants and whatnot. But that's just what the British are going to do. They're going to sing their songs. They're going to chant the whole way. They're going to take, they're going to transform. They're going to take wrestler names and put them into famous pop tunes. That's what they do and it's entertaining, and it's fun as hell, and it's a party, and that's what you want to do. You want your wrestling show to look like fun. You want to give the impression that that your audience is having a a blast at your show. Make people at home regret not being there, as opposed to, you know, being at a fucking Monday Night Raw where everyone's sitting on their hands. Catching strays Monday Night Raw. (laughs) Let's carry on. Gonna do a quick note here about Edge. You think you know him when in fact you think he's finished wrestling, don't you? That sounded so much better in my head (laughs) than what I did here. Um, Last Friday on SmackDown, it was touted that uh, the match that Edge has was his last match in WWE. Uh, lots of reports going around that that was, that that was his fact. In fact, his last match on his WWE contract. But Edge clarified on a radio show, uh, I believe just over the weekend, or on the same day, look, it doesn't matter. But he did clarify that while the match was his was the last on his contract, the deal itself does not expire until the end of September. He said that he has yet to come any to any conclusions about what he wants to do next. And feels a sense of being torn. Not wanting to continue until his performances are subpar. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> but at the same time, he acknowledges that, uh, that he would only find that answer once he was out of the ring. Uh, out in the ring, deep into a match. So, why would he be torn? Why would he use... the the verbiage of being torn. Torn between retiring from pro wrestling. Sure, I think, you know, or continuing, sure. You know, we've heard enough pro wrestlers talk about how difficult it is to retire. Some wrestlers that you wish they would retire, but, you know, were continued well beyond their expiration date. Um, And, um, you know... So, you know, and I understand the addictive qualities of it, the crowds, and I, like, you know, I get it. I really do. So, maybe he's torn because of this decision that he has to make. Do I, do I hang him up? Am I just done with pro wrestling? Or do I continue? And I think that's a fair assessment. Or would he be torn because he wants to go to AEW? (laughs) Nah. Will he leave the sanctity of Vince's soft embrace? Well, it's not Vince's soft embrace anymore. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. Is that something, is, is this something he's considering? Is this something that he wants? Does he want to and you know there's a lot of fans. I've seen a, an article or two positing, you know, what is the future for Edge? Maybe a reunion with Christian Cage. Over in AEW uh, would uh, would be something to really you know put a bow on his career, and uh, I myself, very selfishly, would tell you that I do not want Edge in AEW. I don't want him. I don't want him uh, next to Christian Cage. Christian Cage is having is having a a a a run right now that solidifies his legacy. Why would we need... Nostalgia, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, is a terribly potent or affair. It is a scent that intoxicates and blocks out, you know, reason and critical thought. It's just like everyone who said, isn't it great that the Hardys are back together in AEW? And I'm like, I, I counterpoint, it's not. <laughs> you know I think you know Matt is you know he he's as stiff as a board and Jeff just looks reckless. He all you know more so than usual. I don't I, you know, I don't know. And then so, yeah, so it's kind of the same thing what are you trying you're trying to recapture a magic that occurred? 25 years ago at this point close to 23 25 years ago that was so great back then Wait, let's just let's just put that away and 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 leave it to memory just let's just let's just leave it re, re, set it away and put it set it into into the into the area of, of our brains Where it's just like It'll live on forever as good as great And we don't have to We, we don't have to, to, to Think about this anymore You know it's like, You know I remember When Edge was a was a pretty good worker, you know? I remember when he was okay at it. And it hasn't been his current run that made it... that made it spectacular, that convinced me that he could... that he still has it, that he can still go. It it, it doesn't, you know? And... uh Uh, You know, I figured he might, uh, you know, he might, he might still have one in him, but I feel we would have seen it by now in WWE. And I, you know, look, Edge came back. Remember when he came back and they started throwing him on NXT? You know, when he was doing the deal where, oh, I don't know which champion I'm going to challenge, right? And that just did terrible business for them. You know, he didn't pop a quarter hour anywhere, didn't do anything. Then he had his matches with Randy Orton, which were. Look, what more does he want? He's already had the greatest match of all time. The greatest wrestling match ever. He's already had it. I don't know. Like, I'm not into it. Look, and he still might resign with WWE, right? Don't forget, this guy's a worker. They're all workers. Professional wrestlers are professional liars. He might outright retire, but he doesn't seem to be talking about it. I, You know, he still feels torn and if the torn is between re-signing with WWE and keeping down that road keeping his stock alive because look there are a bunch of wrestling WWE fans excuse me that will rejoice upon the news of Edge re-signing to the company they'll be like oh geez okay this is great our boy is sticking around let's fucking go Edge seven more years or whatever you know But in the meantime, you know, like I don't know what he has to what he has to give, and I feel like AEW has more than enough nostalgia acts. Quite frankly, I think he has more. I I think AEW has more than enough nostalgia acts right now. Former WWE people and WCW and to to keep that to keep a good nostalgia vibe. With people that I feel wrestling fans want to see. With maybe one or two exceptions. I think if you start going down that road too hard. I think you might miss out on something. I don't know. Adam Copeland? Wrestling a singles match? Or a tag team? I don't know. I, 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 and yes, yes. You know, the Edge and Christian show. The Edge and Christian show will always be one of the best parts of the, that the WWE Network ever had. That is, you know, without, without question, beyond reproach. That show was awesome. But again, these are all things that are set in time for another period. Why don't we create new stuff, right? Are we going to do some reviews tonight? Goddamn right we are. All-Star Junior Festival 2023, USA! USA. See, that's what it sounds like when you just just say USA. You just say the letters. (laughs) That happened this weekend. It's been a long day. This happened this weekend on August 19, 2023 at the 2300 Arena. Everyone has to remind you that the 23 Arena was the ECW Arena. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania... Uh, this was a show that was co-promoted, that well that was put together by New Japan, uh, and had about, I, I think it's like 10 different, um, promotions involved. New Japan, of course, AEW Impact, uh, DDT, Dragon Gate, uh, GCW, I'm forgetting some, but look, we'll get to it as we go along. Um, and, um, this is a show that I watched. Uh, that I enjoyed, I thought this was a pretty good show, Uh, I thought there were some, well, we'll get to it, but I thought, you know, there were some very, very good singles matches, I think, you know, some of the multi-man stuff was very hit or miss, but here's the, here's the cracker, here's the top thing, here's the niche thing that you have to keep in mind here, Um, you know, whoever was, uh, but the, you know, despite the fact that I thought it was good, this is what you have to keep in mind, this is, a, this is a show that is entirely skippable nonetheless. Like, you will, you will never regret not watching the show. Although, if you do decide to watch, you'll be like, eh, it's pretty fun. Does that make sense? Let's get into it. Maybe we'll, it'll, we'll clarify it as we go along. Let me take a sip of water here. Mm. My God. Pre-show match had Goldie defeating Vinny Pacifico. Vinny Pacifico running the Indies unsigned anywhere. Good old-fashioned freelancer. Uh, Goldie, a.k.a. David Goldie from the Monster Factory. That's an all right little match. You know, he lands a Goldie lands an apron bomb and a falcon arrow. Uh, Vinny Pacifico hulks up by chugging down energy drinks because he's sponsored by G Fuel. And, you know, the power of sponsorships are powerful. <laughs> and he lands an angle slam. Flying Knee does the job for Goldie. Pacifico stood out to me in this one, despite doing the J-O-B, but Goldie seems to have his basics down. Good enough, good heal. You know, good enough effort here to call it good. How about that? Then on to the main card, the first match of the main card. Saw Matt Seidel and Yo from New Japan, defeating New Japan's Bushi and Dragon Gate's Shun Skywalker. Bushi and uh, Skywalker have matching gear, a.k.a. they're all dressed in black. And, uh, you know, at the start of the match, Bushi, you know, he offers up the, the LIJ fist to, to Shun. Um, but, you know, Skywalker waves it off. And uh, so, you know, maybe maybe the matching gear is not enough for them to get along. This is a fun little opener where Matt Seydal, who was representing AEW, by the way, uh, he did most of the heavy lifting throughout this entire match. You know, he's doing uh, he, he's doing standing corkscrew moonsaults. He's shooting off lightning fast kicks and flying through the air with meteoras. And Shun Skywalker, he's doing claw holds. Okie dokie then. Or maybe Shun. Maybe Shun's the smartest uh, wrestler in the room, you know. It is the curtain jerker, right, after all. Yo and Bushi are, you know, they're absolutely on New Japan, multi-man match tour, mid-card tour match. You know, that's what they're doing. Solid, but unspectacular work. Um, Skywalker, you know, he uses mist, and he mists Bushi accidentally. Seidel takes him out on the floor with a dive. Shortly thereafter, it comes to an end when Yo interrupts the MX and rolls Bushi up for the win. Into a bridge, actually. And uh, there you go. After the match, Bushi offers Skywalker the L.I.J. fist one more time. But he missed Skywalker and then hits the bricks. So there you go. It's all right. Good, but let's move on. Then we had the first opening salvo of the All Star Junior USA Tournament first round match. Now, this was the first of two matches to determine the participants in the finals, right, (laughs) of the All-Star Junior USA Tournament, whose prize seems to be, and I kid you not, cleaning supplies. A mess of, which is weird to say, a mess of cleaning supplies, but bear with me here. A mess of cleaning supplies provided by LEC, who was the sponsor of, of, of the show, and boy, oh boy, did LEC get their money's worth with that sponsorship because commentary could not shut up about the mascot they had a uh they had the 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 mascot that's like a plushie, a big plushie sitting down at ringside of of kun that's the name of the mascot because everything in everything in Japan has a mascot right every city has a mascot every government program has a mascot uh everything has a mascot and every time it popped up on screen, commentary would just be enamored with with the mascot Gekyo Chikun, and this this is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not, you know, not saying that commentary was going overboard. Look, I I don't I I, I wouldn't have done any better. <laughs> Maybe even prompting production to get more shots out of it. Gotta tell you. Anyway, this this first knockout match of the two uh, matches we had had Kevin Knight versus Clark Connors. To new japan guys solid match commentary leaned into the history you know the fact that clark connors or that kevin knight feels that like clark connor betrayed his la dojo brethren by joining up with bullet club kevin knight wants to stand up for the boys and you know, so i'm you know i'm like yeah this is fine this is perfect what more is it? You know, on top of the tournament, you have this little story. That's fine. Wrestling storytelling is simple, folks. It really is. Connors gets a good heat segment after landing a snap suplex on the floor, using his strength to his advantage. Nightfires fires back with a drop kick, a stinger splash, and a high a sky-high powerbomb. But Connors yanks him right out of the air, off of a springboard, into a spinning power slam, which was pretty rad. Connors even spears Knight out of the air later in the match. I mean, you know, he was all over him. The match would come to an end when Knight attempts multiple roll-up pins on Connors, finally locking him down in crucifix for the win. And this match was very good, and I think it would have been better if the finish had been better. Because the roll-ups, eh, they weren't quite as crisp as one would like, as one would expect. It was a little, a little off, a little iffy. It was all right, but... It kind of kept me from really going in and saying, look, the guys, this match was great. Yeah, The finish was a, a, a tiny bit awkward, which was unfortunate. Made it fu- end on a flat note, but otherwise, great stuff. Um, and after the match, uh, Clark Connors beats down on Kevin Knight a little more, making sure that he goes into the finals wounded. So that was very good. And then, uh, immediately after that, we had the second All-Star Junior USA first a uh, USA tournament uh, first round match where Mike Bailey, aka Speedball, defeated Francesco Akira, and this was my most anticipated match of the card. This was the this was the match I was most looking forward to because these are two of my favorite juniors going at it in a match that we got cheated out of because of stupid block placements in Best of Super Juniors. I, yeah, I think Akira was in Block B and 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 Bailey was in Block A, and it was like fuck. Didn't even mean in the in the playoffs either. Fuck. But this match, oh boy, it did not disappoint. Bailey and Akira—they have a really exciting opening exchange, striking hard and trying to you know get advantage. You can even see like, and they're striking so hard, you can see Akira's perfect handprint on Mike Bailey's chest, like a big red fleshy mitten. <laughs> and bailey eventually gets in control does the speedball kicks uh akira does a wheelbarrow roll up into a double stomp there's also a topicon and helo and a high cross body back in the ring by the italian bailey ferociously tosses akira to the floor does a triangle moonsault short quickly thereafter uh back in the ring akira catches bailey off a handspring into a tremendous German suplex. Another big strike exchange. They're in and out of moves until Akira connects a speed fire. Bailey avoids the fireball attempt though. Eventually, Bailey takes him out with the tornado kick and the flamingo driver. He gets the win. Electric, high speed, high impact wrestling match by two true world class pro wrestlers just putting on a cool match. Fantastic, awesome stuff. If I, were, if I were giving stars, which I don't, but if I were, and I kind of have to when I write for Voices <laughs> of Wrestling, so I'm leaning into it a little more, I'd give this four stars. Then we had a uh, six-man tag match, a trios match, if you will, Rich Swan, Rizuki Taguchi, and the DKC defeated Jack Cartwheel, Starboy Char- Charlie, and Real One. Wait, where have you heard that name before? Oh, that is the the wrestler formerly known as Enzo Amore, or N Z O. And for some reason, they give him they give him promo time at the start of the match, and I legitimately don't understand a word he's saying. I don't know what he's talking about. Something about too many people making a blunt sloppy is, is he is he talking in code is like is this meant for people on the you know in on the inside is he inciting a riot is that a cue what is he ta- I, like i do not understand what he's talking about and look and he comes out wearing Supreme gear. You know Supreme, the brand. You know, the the thing that you slap the really simple Supreme logo on and suddenly it costs $300 more than it should. You know what I'm talking about? And he has a Supreme cape and he's got Supreme logos on his... Look, anyone who comes out wearing a Supreme cape is trying too hard. Like... I don't know why he feels he has to pander like this. Isn't this guy the most hated pro wrestler? And doesn't he just like revel in this, right? Isn't it? Oh, but everybody hates me. Why does he need this weird ass promo? Why does he need to come out like he's just trying too hard when all Enzo has to do to get heat is come out from behind the curtain. That's all he needs to do. Because you know what? People don't like him. And it's not a heat thing. It's a, we do not like you. I know people who were at that show who were like, this is my piss break. This is the time I go to the bar to get another drink. Anyway, there was a lot of goofiness in this match. I guess to wash off the skeeve. (laughs) Goofiness courtesy of Taguchi and his gyrating hips. Lots and lots of funky weapon spots, and the crowd is into it. Uh, Jack Cartwheel, who's representing GCW here alongside um, uh, Char- Starboy Charlie, uh, he was on it last uh, that night. He was on it at the show, landing a Sasuke special, and just, look, he's just being on point on everything. Uh, Real One plants Rich Swan against the post on the floor with a razor's edge. Assisted cutter by Starboy Charlie and... and cartwheel then cartwheel does a tremendous dvd charlie a tornillo and you should that should reassure you as to who's doing the work in that three-man team right there the boys the kids um there's the coach to spot new japan's dkc lands the sky splitter and a cover which is broken up by cartwheel flying in from the top Everyone does their cool moves, except real one, because he doesn't have any. Instead, he gets super kicked by Rich Swann, who then lands a 450 splash on Starboy Charlie to get the win. Look, the young guys really stood out here. Uh, Rich Swann is solid as hell, but, you know, I feel particularly like Jack Cartwheel stood out. I think he's getting better. He's becoming more and more polished, a more rounded pro wrestler. And, yeah as little enzo as possible please thank you then we get a lucky dip eight man tag team match a lucky dip eight man tag team match lucky dip <laughs> and the, the stipulation here the, the the ref comes into the ring and he's got a box and he's got <clears throat> he's got uh uh eight sticks big sticks and the tips are colored, and they're all in the box. You don't see the 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 the, the colored tips, and the wrestlers have to pull out, uh, uh, pull out the sticks and compare tips. They have to compare tips with each other. Uh, They have to compare tips with each other, and the color that they pick basically determines on what team they are. So, on one side, we're getting Alex Shelley, uh, the TMDK, of course, Alex Shelley, Impact World Champion, the TMDK duo of Robbie Eagles and Kosei Fujita, and Chris Bay of the ABC Tag Team. Uh, And uh, on the other side, we get Cheeseburger representing Ring of Honor, TJP. Uh, Yoshinobi Kanem- Kanemaru And Ace Austin The other half Of ABC From Impact uh, So that's the only real Like split that everyone goes Oh my god But they are friends uh, God damn it <laughs> I'm sorry uh, So um, I found Cheeseburger Shined in the opening Moments of the match with Chris Bay, which ends up with an it ends up with an escalera hold by Cheeseburger. He also made he also made one kid. There was this one kid in the audience, okay? This one kid next to the entrance who all he wanted was for wrestlers to fist bump him, you know, slap his hand, you know. And he the kid must have been I four, five, I don't know. Like he's a little, a little munchkin of a child. And he's got the most enormous grin when the wrestlers come up to him his face just lights up and you know when a kid gets so happy he can't make eye contact you know so he's sort of staring down there and he's got this huge smile and he's got his hand out the most adorable kid cheeseburger gives him a cheeseburger hat and he's wearing it for the rest of the evening like that kid was glowing the entire night we got some cool counter wrestling between DtjP and fujita until Fujita slaps TJP in the face. Impact World Champion Alex Shelley interferes as Robbie Eagles and Ace Austin go at it and everything breaks down. Shelley beats down on Austin and tries to get Bay to tag in to fight his tag team partner, but Bay will have nothing of the sort. He outright refuses and moves on. TJP and fellow New Japan mate Yoshinobu Kanemaru do stereo submissions on Fujita. Eagles fights off the New Japan Juniors and lands a springboard missile dropkick. Finally, when Bay and Austin are the legal men and are in the ring face-to-face they refuse to fight each other and do stereo dives instead. I thought that was fun. There's a lot of stuff happening in this match, honestly. Uh, But it all comes to an end when Fujita lands the high-angle German suplex on Cheeseburger for the win. Big excursion win for our boy Fujita. I'm happy for him. That was fun. Fun little match, though weird, that Impact World Champion Alex Shelley had very little impact on the match, pun intended. That's why I'm the D-list podcaster with the A-plus audience right there for lines like that. Then we had a scramble. Oh, Jesus Christ, a scramble. Soberrano Jr. defeated Dragon Kid, Fugaz, Casey Navarro, and Leo Rush. You know what's frustrating sometimes with scrambles? It's like, you know, the conventional wisdom would have it that if you pack a bunch of really talented guys in a ring with each other in a match, it should be great, right? But no, it's it's not often, more often than not, it is not great. It kind of stinks because I'm not a fan of scrambles, and I was not a fan of this match. And outside... The high-speed exchange that we got between Leo Rush and Casey Navarro, Navarro, by the way, representing Warrior Wrestling, let's put that out there, and Leo Rush representing Impact. Outside of that, and that was a moment that, that that little exchange they had had me wanting more. The rest did so little for me. You know, in cool in, 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 in great scramble tradition, it was disjointed, it was a little sloppy. And the cool spots all come across as just being a little off, right? Like, this, like we've got Dragon Kid from, from Dragon Gate, by the way. He does a Dragon Rana to Sober- Soberano Jr. from CMLL, who off that momentum lands a Hurricane Rana on Fugaz, who is also from CMLL. And you're like, wow, that sounds cool. But it was a little slipshod when you actually watched it. I don't really want to spend more time on this than necessary a couple of fun flashes but it ultimately it was the this match was the big disappointment of the night el desperado and mao defeated the east west express nick wayne and jordan oliver both representing well nick wayne i guess representing aew but also wearing a gcw shirt jordan oliver from gcw uh and uh this match absolutely ruled this was a good one a great one already highly anticipated because of the pairing of mao from ddt and el desperado was of course from the japan it was certainly the most circled match by folks looking forward to this to the show uh and uh everyone turned out oliver and nick as well uh and um you know wayne and desperado start things off with a bit of a Stalemate-ish grappling exchange. Mao and Oliver pick up the pace. Jordan Oliver gets a good control sequence. We got we got a good simmer here, right? We got we got some good stuff simmering here. Then you're, you turn it up to a low boil as the Express lands some really great double team moves. Mao and El Desperado show off some great teamwork too. Doing, you know, a stereo dive, stereo dive, springboard, moonsault. Just great stuff. Mao does distraction punches that even befuddle his partner. El Desperado's like, hmm? He's looking around as Mao lands some straight rights. El Desperado is so great at these little things, it added such a nice little flavor to the match. Uh, Wayne lands sliced bread to break up the heat segment and gets the hot tag to Oliver, who lands the acid kick and an acid bomb. Mao lands uh, top rope knees right into a fallen Oliver and rolls into a cutter on Wayne in his corner. Shortly thereafter, Wayne and Mao have a tremendous exchange. They really do. Wayne lands a shooting star press. Then, Mao slides out of the pin attempt, but gets caught in a waistlock. So he shimmies out of the waistlock. Literally shimmying. And he clocks Wayne right in the face, but Wayne connects with a suplex with a bridge He kicks Mao, an Inziguri by Wayne, and he goes up top. Mao runs up after him with a Frankensteiner. Wayne fights back with a German suplex, follows up with a cutter attempt that Mao avoids, who finishes that entire exchange with a Michinoku driver. Tremendous, tremendous stuff. There's so much stuff in this match, with more great double team work by the Express, but Mao takes out Wayne with a Rana driver. I guess that's how you'd call it. And Desperado takes out Oliver with the Pinche Loco for the win. Just great stuff by everyone here. Lit up the place uh, with a match that demonstrates basically how great junior wrestling is. Fast-paced, variety of high-impact moves, all strung together in a dynamic package. And you know what? Jordan Oliver looked looked great. He looked fantastic. I think he really took this opportunity really, really seriously. He looked good. He looks beefier. He was into it. And I was into it, too. Then we get the Philly Cheesecake, excuse me, let me try that again Then we get the Philly Cheese Steak Cup 3-Way Tag Team Ladder Match Let me say that again The, chi- the Philly Cheese Steak Cup 3-Way Tag Team Ladder Match That's right, where Doki from New Japan And freelancer Flo Rider defeated GCW World Champion Blake Christian and Master Wato and Hiromu Takahashi, and Rocky Romero. What in... Look, fair warning, right? But you know this. I'm one of those guys who's burned out by ladder matches. You know this is all... This starts off with a strike. And I always go into these and I'm like, hopefully, hopefully, we'll get something exciting or different. We won't fall into the tropes. But tonight, that night, I should say, it was not the night. I didn't care for this match. So just picture this, okay? Pro wrestling. Atop the ring is suspended a takeout bag from world-famous Pat's King of Steaks, right? And the winner, of course, has to climb a ladder and unhook the bag to win all the sandwiches. So everyone goes for the ladders. and start throwing people into the ladder so we can get one-on-ones in the ring, which is fine, but then I'm like, well, maybe there's too many people booked in this fucking match. Hiromu Takahashi and Rocky Romero tease some dissent, but then they're doing do-si-do spots with, against the... I mean, so I'm like, okay. Then folks start fighting each other off ladders, which, by the way, by the way, the, the first batch of ladders they have are not your... Regular um pro wrestling ladders, like these are painter, you know, flimsy painting aluminum ladders. You know, Watto tries to stand one up at some point, and the thing is so fucking twisted. I'm like, get these ladders out of this ring. Like, like the legitimately, the legs are like twisted and gnarled up. And I'm like, stop it! Don't use it. who? What intern went to get these? <laughs> Go buy some ladders, okay? But they did have proper tall ladder match ladders too, so that was fine. Anyway, you know the drill when it comes to a ladder match throw people onto ladders, throw ladders onto people, throw yourself off ladders, throw people off ladders. There's one cool spot where Low Rider gets pushed off the ladder by Blake Christian, and as he's fallen off, Rider steps on the top rope and then does a dive to the floor. That was cool. In fact, a lot of people lend their high-flying spots after this. Uh, Hiromu splashes off the top of a tall ladder to the floor. Then, of course, we build a ladder structure in the ring, right? With the horizontal ladder. Of course, we got to get the Tinker Toys. It's just people doing stuff. And it's kind of messy. And Master Watto is climbing up the ladder and his tag team partner, Blake Christian, low-blows him. And I'm like, why? Did Blake... Christian want to get the cheesesteaks himself. I don't know. Doki sunset bombs Hiromu off the ladder onto the horizontal one and unhooks the bag for the win. Big surprise for the Doki getting the win on that one, but Doki is pretty over in North America. We have to be honest and fair with each other. Um, And after the match, the cheesesteaks... And I can't but listen to what I'm going to say here. After the match, the cheese steaks are then served to Doki and Lowrider by Pat, the king of steaks himself, and legendary New Japan referee and official, Tiger Hattori. (laughs) What do you want from me? And the winning duo, they share some of the cheese steaks with uh, people in the audience. And then Hiromu and, and and Rocky are left alone in the ring. And then they start eating cheese steaks. And they're doing their blah. blah, blah, blah. they're going up into the camera. And they're going, blah, 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 blah. you know, they're being goofy ass pro wrestlers with the cheese steaks. And you're like, look, the, you the, these guys just lost the match. Why are they getting the spoils? This doesn't make sense. And if you wanted Rocky and Hiromu to do goofy ass shit in the cameras and be baby faces on their way, because I don't know where Doki and Lowrider, are the winners, the legit winners of the match. I don't know where they are. They fucked off. If you wanted these two guys to get this to get this, just have them win the fucking match. Who cares? Maybe I care too much. Come to think of it, Chris Samza fellow Voices of Wrestling contributor and uh, the uh, brains behind sportofprowrestling.com that you can follow at the TheChrisSams on Twitter. As Kevin Kelly often tells us, statistician for New Japan Pro Wrestling, he told me that this was the fourth ladder match in the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling and I hope it stays the fourth for a very, very long time. And then that brings us to the finals of the All-Star Junior USA tournament where speedball Mike Bailey defeated Kevin Knight. Big main event for all the bathroom scrubbing sponges you can handle. (laughs) Kevin Knight wasn't, you know, he comes out with rib tape. He got beat up. So things are already stacked against him. Mike Bailey tries to be chill with him at first, but then he kicks him square in the face. Uh... Knight does a leaping crossbody off the apron. In the ring, Bailey lifts the knees on a splash from Knight. But from that point on, Kevin Knight, he really doesn't recover. Kayfabe, of course, he's fine. But you know, in the story of the match, he just doesn't recover from those knees. Maybe the injury had something to do with it. But in true New Japan-style storytelling, they're establishing that Kevin Knight is still too young, still too out of the gate to be able to claim a spot at the table with the big boys. And so, Knight spends most of the match teasing Hope spots, and always coming up a little, uh, always coming up a little short. And Bailey, he plays this up perfectly without going into outright heel territory. He's calculating, he's uncompromising on how, in how he picks Knights up, Knight apart. And the audience picks up on this, throwing their support behind Knight when he does try to rally, only to have Mike Bailey shut him down. And quickly, and with precision. Like for instance, look. Like Bailey lands a running shooting star press, but he has his buzzsaw kick blocked by Knight. Uh, Knight can't withstand Bailey's strikes. Who then rope hangs him to deliver double uh, a double knee drop on his back. So again, hope spot completely dead. Um, Bailey runs the ropes and runs right into a drop kick by Knight, but Knight is too banged up to follow up. Soon thereafter, he has to f- struggle out of a flamingo driver attempt by shifting his body weight back, forcing both guys to topple to the floor. So he's not doing himself any favors here. Was a great spot, don't get me wrong. Knight gets rocked with buzzsaw kicks and struggles out of arm breakers. He does a tornillo onto the floor. It only gets one revolution, right? But it's okay, because at this point, you're like, this dude is exhausted. This dude is, you know, he's taking a beating. He's trying to do his high, his high impact moves, and they're just—it's just not working. But then, in contrast, Bailey fights, comes back with a slick and crisply executed Asai moonsault, right? Just to showcase that they're on different physical levels right now. Knight busts out a Code Red and a Sky High, but Bailey is all over him again with an arm breaker. Bailey goes for his tornado kick but runs right into a dropkick by Knight. It's his last gasp though, as Bailey overhead tosses him right into the buckles, lands the ultimate weapon, and the Flamingo driver for the win. This really could have been a match where both guys is like, let's go do cool moves. But instead they decided to layer on top of this, a story that made the main event feel big, feel compelling, and added something to Kevin Knight's future. And, and Knight's future in pro wrestling is brilliant. Okay, it's terribly bright. So these kind of, these types of formative matches where, you know, this is this, you know, Bailey pointed it out in, in his post-match promo. This is the second time that they fight. And the second time that Knight comes up short, you know. So, so maybe the third time Knight is going to be able to do it. Like, this is what I love about real pro wrestling storytelling is that there's stuff here that we can go back to, that we can hearken back to. Because now the foundations have been laid so wonderfully. Knight is 02 But when that time comes where he gets his win, it's going to be all the more sweeter. Mike Bailey, everything he touches is gold. This is fantastic. And after the match, he challenges Hiromu for a shot at the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Awesome fan, Awesome main event to cap things off. So really, the singles matches on this card were outstanding. Just terrific stuff. And the multi people, the multi person matches, well, they're hit or miss. So, you know, I it's it's like about $23, $24. Because this was a this was a pay-per-view, it wasn't just available on New Japan World. It's $23, $24. Do you want it? Do you want to spend that? I don't think it's worth it. Like I said, you will you will be okay. Never seen, this, never seen this show, ever. You're not missing out on something crucial. But then again, if you... But if you do want to, it's a fine, fun little evening of pro wrestling, but there's going to be so many... There's going to be so much better wrestling over the next few days. Like, I don't know where, where this would fit in. You know what I mean? I'm glad I watched it live, but I'll never think of this again. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's pretty much where we're at right now, but not definitely... Not a bad show. And now, let's clear this up. Oh, we're going to maybe go a little a little faster here than we did with the New Japan review, but I still want to talk about it. Uh, Impact Wrestling's... Uh, Impact and New Japan's Multiverse United 2 For Whom the Bell Tolls. That is the complete title here. So the big... Their big Forbidden Door event, which also took place... At the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But that happened the day after the All-Star Junior Festival. Ergo, August 20, 2023. Let's get right to it. Opening match was... Well, I didn't watch the pre-show. I just want to put that out of the way. I... I I feel like Impact pre-shows are all kind of junk. And it's the one thing that... Like, I much prefer getting into an Impact... um, Getting into an impact show with the with the opener, which usually I like impact pay per views. I, I you know I'm on record here. I really really do like them, uh, and uh, and I think there's uh, there's something to be said about you know continuing to to. I, I want to continue to cover them, which is why I'm covering this because they're not bad shows. They do good here, but listen that's why i try that's right i try to to stay away from the pre-shows because i think the pre-shows are most of the time a little bunk but we start off here with a scramble match which uh, out the gate i'm like oh boy here we go um (laughs) um, where we have well basically chris sabin defeated bushi frankie kazarian el desperado kevin knight mao rich swan and yo We get an eight-man collar and elbow tie-up to start, and I'm like, okay, this probably won't be for me. And it really wasn't. And in the first 60 seconds, you know, Kevin Knight dives and lands on his head. I'm like, okay, let's just dial it back here. It's just a scramble. Scrambles are always the same thing, like I said. A little sloppy, a little disjointed, and the cool stuff doesn't always quite land, and it's always the same thing. And there's a lot of one-on-ones, even though there's eight fucking people involved in it. Look, there's a human centipede of submissions. Look, it's alright. There's a point where people do cool shit, but it's not for me, and Chris Sabin wins with the cradle shock. I don't know. Bushy missed missed some math. I who cares? Like I I'm 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 already a little annoyed. I was not in the mood. Then we had Eddie Edwards and Moose defeat. The TMDK duo of Zach Haste and uh, Shane Hay, excuse me, and Zach Saber Jr. This was actually much better than I expected. Uh, lots of good action. You know, I am not a Moose guy, absolutely not. Uh, he's still uh, un-paddle, un-paddle, uh, unpalatable for me. Uh, but good action, strong action that led to a really exciting final stretch. Haste eats the uh, the, the the spear from Moose. Covers. It's all right. It's fine. But I, you know, I think Zack Sabre Jr. is still fantastic, and he's... And Shane Hayes looked great here, too. Everyone looked great. I I even thought Eddie Edwards worked hard. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it. You know, Moose drags it down for me. But other than that, I had a good time watching this match. Then we had the New Japan Strong Women's title in the four-way, where Julia, in her first match in the United States, defeated... Diana Perazzo, Giselle Shaw and Momo Kogo Julia got huge reactions from the crowd for this one. People love Julia. Um and I was really happy to see this and I will continue hammering this home. She is on the cusp of getting a uh, 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 of getting a, 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 a creating a a whole other fan base for herself in North America. If she keeps up North American appearances, ends up more on television here, uh, people are going to be enamored with this woman because she was showcasing herself here. Fantastic stuff. All of her strengths. Like, her physical strength and how snug she is, how good of a fighter she is. Like, this is a pro wrestler. This is a professional wrestler. She was fantastic. Momo does a wonderful dive to the floor. And, uh, you know, there's some sloppiness in this match. You know, Giselle Shaw fucks up on a dive. And boy, like on the floor, and she just ties herself up on it, she hits the side of the, of the apron, and the audience, let her know, but she's okay with it, you know, she sort of leans into it, Butterfly Superplex by Julia, lots of neat, impromptu double teams as well, in here, women working together, I really like the layout, and the pacing of the match, Top Rope Spanish Fly by Shaw, Queen's Gambit by Diana Perrazzo, but, uh, uh, on Julia, but Julia kicks out, Parazzo and shaw lock in submissions but then they go at each other because they both have submissions and then they start fighting each other because like i kind of like that you know instead of both of them like staring at each other which is the usual trope they'll both lock in their submissions and they'll stare at each other like i'm gonna have her submit first no i'm gonna have her submit first they're like no fuck this and they start wailing on each other i loved it i thought it was a good thing a good uh, spot and then um and, but uh, Julia Lenz, the, the glorious driver for the win. I thought this was very good. I And I probably would have gone harder if it hadn't been so sloppy at times because there were moments that were sloppy. But I found there was enough. I, I Like I said, I thought the layout was good. I thought, and especially for uh, a four-person uh, title match, I thought the layout was good. I thought the pace was great. Uh, it was a great showcasing for... A great showcase of Julia's capabilities. I swear she's going to be huge. And you know what she's doing? After the match, she just goes around the ring and she's slapping hands. She's talking in Japanese into the camera because she doesn't speak English. I don't know if you guys know this. Or she doesn't speak English very well. She's talking and she's, and she's taking pictures with little girls. And, and I'm like, this this kid gets it. Oh, my God. Like she is going to be huge, and not very long. Then we get Doki versus uh, well, Sammy Callahan defeating Doki. Uh, Sammy comes to the ring and decided decides to uh, he decides to turn this into a Philly street fight. This was the match, Sammy Callahan and Doki. This was the match where I imagine Scott Demore calling Ghetto up. I did this bit. Calls Ghetto up. He says, Ghetto, I want Sammy Callahan. I want to book Sammy Callahan on the show. Ghetto says, okay. But I need Sammy Callahan to win. Who do you got? He says, I got your guy. And he sends him Doki, right? Because it's so fucking random. And and look, this is your... I don't want to spend too much time on this. This was your basic... plodding plunder match. You've seen one of these. You've seen 50,000 of them, you know... Sammy said it himself in his promo to make this a a street fight. He said, hey, I bled so much on this concrete in this building here. I've You know, I've been hardcore. That's right. We've seen a lot of these matches. Indeed. Sammy. Uh, this didn't do it for me. Catch 2-2. Two, two. We're back in action. Back together. Francesco Kieran, TJP. They defeated Robbie Eagles and Kosi Fujita from... TMDK, I thought this match ruled. Up until this point, this was my match of the night. I mean, I've got... Look, I am a tremendous, unba- unabashed fan of Catch 2-2. Francesco Akira is one of my favorite junior heavyweights. All the elements. I love Robbie Eagles. I love, like, everyone in here are great wrestlers that I like watching wrestle. And this ruled, Unsurprisingly. Great teamwork by both teams. Akira gets launched to the floor by TMDK and almost, almost wipes himself out in the, on a barricade. In the meantime, that was a tremendous dive. Akira does this great reversal out of a turbo backpack by Rocky, Robbie Eagles. Uh, uh, in, with a, he does it with a poison rana. It was just amazing stuff. Uh, tremendous work by all four guys here. Eagles accidentally super kicks Fujita and Katsutu do the double knees for the win. Just great stuff. I I I have no nuts. Just great stuff. A, a fantastic tag team match. And it got messy again. We had a 12-man tag team match where the Bullet Club, composed of Ace Austin and Chris Bay, ABC, Alex Coughlin and Clark Karners, David Finley and Kenta, defeated the team of Josh Alexander, PCO, the DKC, and the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga Tangaloa, and El Fantasmo, who apparently came out uh, with the music of uh, the Gorillas. Oh, I mean, it, it's just a glorified scramble, is what it is. I mean, I guess a highlight here was that this was Josh Alexander's uh, first return match since injury in impact and um and he's when he gets his tag and he's throwing people all around ELP has a tremendous hot tag as well playing all the hits but i feel like this match ran out of steam it's just like everyone doing cool stuff and then you you feel okay we should wrap it up here we should wrap it up here and you know pco doing moonsaults like I've seen Pco do the moon salts to the floor and do all this, you know, all these insane dives. Yes, you know, he's old. Yes, his body. Er, I, I know. I've seen it some, so many times before. When are we just going to? When are we just going to leave this go kind of thing, right? I, isn't it time we just let it go? I don't know. Yeah, it was all right, I guess. It's just unnecessary. Too many people. Then we had Hiromu Takahashi and Mike Bailey taking on Trey Miguel and Leo Rush. And this was very good. This was also an excellent tag team match uh, that we had uh, on this card. Both teams working really well as duos. Speedball has his kicks going, of course. Leg trap is suplexed by uh, Trey Miguel. Fisherman's Driver by Leo Rush. Tremendous Golden Triangle by Mike Bailey in this match as well. Huge Suicide Dive by Leo Rush. You know, who does it with such velocity. He and Darby Allen would, you know, it'd be like when they do an anime, when they both, you know, when two really strong guys in an anime, they they punch each other, and then, like, it does, like, this concussive effect everywhere. If Darby Allen and Leo Rush did their... Their dive is gonna hit on. There's a great exchange between uh, Hiromu and Trey Miguel that ends with a Falcon Arrow by Tanahashi, Takahashi, excuse me, Ultima Weapon on uh, Trey Miguel, while Hiromu Takahashi has him in a fireman's carry on his shoulders. That was fun. Great stuff on the floor with a Meteora by Miguel and a corkscrew dive off the apron. Leo Rush. uh... Low blows, Hiroshi Tanahashi, while the ref is distracted, rolls him up for the win. I like this, thought it was really good. After the match, uh, Leo Rush challenges Hiromu for a shot at the IWGP title, because he did pin the champion, so he is okay with it. So he has a a shot at it, and uh, 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 Hiromu goes, yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's do it now, like, come on, let's go. Meanwhile, Mike Bailey's like, Hey, brother, the night before I was I asked for a title. I should be next. And so all of this, and it was confirmed by New Japan, all of this is setting up a, God forbid, a three-way for the IWGP junior heavyweight title on the destruction show, which is the next big New Japan oh. show in October. Is it in Beppu? I don't remember um i'm not into this as you know i was excited at the prospect of uh hiromu versus mike bailey and then i got excited at the prospect of hiromu versus leo rush i was like oh man we're gonna get we're gonna get some good shit here on the road to destruction or on the road to wrestle kingdom depending but um no we're getting a fucking three-way and i'm very disappointed and finally, the main event, Alex Shelley retained the Impact World Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um Alex Shelley works uh Tanahashi's arm here while Tanahashi works the knee. And Tana looks gassed after his first um control um, his first control spot. And he's clearly a step behind in this match. And he's really rough throughout the match. Like at some point, you know. Look, Shelly plays into his ground game and he's working the strengths and he's making sure that, you know, Tanahashi doesn't get exposed here. He's doing his best and he's, he is doing, I don't want to say a carry job, but he is guiding him through the match here. Like, Tana does a cloverleaf and he stumbles forward during the cloverleaf. I mean, my God. It gets really rough. And, you know, I, I talked about it throughout the entire G1. You know, Tanahashi that's it we're good now it's and you know we're all gonna have to come to grips with the fact that hiroshi tanahashi the ace of the universe he's done he's it's time to move on and 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 it's okay but it's also sad and we can grieve that if you want you know if we can uh we can we can grieve tanahashi not being who he is anymore but I also understand there's going to be some PTSD for a lot of people who are just going to, we're going to have to figure it out. We're going to have to, you know, whereas, let me put it to you this way, despite the fact that in my brain, I know Hiroshi Tanahashi is, he's done, you know, we're, you know, big match Tana is not there anymore. The Ace of the Universe is it, it, he's he's moving on to another plane Another universe um, Even though I know all of this And I see it every time I see him wrestle I still come in with Oh shit It's Hiroshi Tanahashi it's a, it's a You know But Slowly it's going to become Oh dear It's It's Hiroshi Tanahashi And There's going to have to be A significant switch there To flip So that I I no longer feel um, so that I no longer feel that level of disappointment or surprise at the very least. So that I don't no I no longer have to cover a Hiroshi Tanahashi match and tell you with gritted teeth and with a sigh, ah, man he's he's kind of cooked, isn't he? We're we're going to have to come around to that when you have someone so. Influential and important and systematically great on top of that like King of the North in the chat using his uh, Milestone message for being a member for 23 months of the mr. Warren Hayes show channel. Thank you very much It says here to set milestones and say Tanahashi is the GOAT It's, It's one of the greatest of all time. That's not even that I don't even think it's up for debate He is so We're seeing the decline of one of the greats. That's not fun. It's natural. It's normal. And it's going to become normal. But for now, I guess we're still in our... We're still a little stunned. How about that? King of the North says he is the greatest. I say he's one of the... In a very short list. Anyway, Alex, Shelley lands a Rainmaker. No one made a big deal out of it. Tom What's-His-Face, Tom <laughs> Hennigan, Hennigan, Finnegan, Tom Fenniman, Tom Cinnamon, Tom Cinnamon, Tom Cinnamon called it a a, um, a short-arm lariat, which is what it was, but in reality, it, it was a rainmaker. He does an avalanche air raid crash on Tanahashi, which I thought was pretty dope, and lends the shell shock to put the old man away. It's not Tom Phillips anymore. It's Tom Finnegan. Tom cinnamon. Tom cinnamon. Hennigan. Tom Finnegan. Tom cinnamon. Anyway, that was uh, 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 the uh, the show. The uh, Multiverse United Two. For whom the bell tolls. Um, do I recommend it? Look, about as much as the as the other show. Like I'll tell you this. I found there were more. There were better matches at the All-Star Junior Festival. I think the singles matches were the star of the show. And they were very good. Very, very good to great. Um, whereas, you know, there's a couple of good tag team matches on the uh, on the multiverse show. But a lot of the scramble stuff and the multi-person stuff just weighs down the show for nothing. And that's always a problem I find with Impact. Shows like they'll they will be like these really great moments and then there's gonna be something that's just it just drags everything down. I thought the women's match was really strong. I I, I thought catch two two versus TMDK was fantastic, and I thought Leo Rush, Trey, Miguel, Himmer, Mumu, Takahashi, Mike Bailey was also fantastic. So everything else has just happened and whatnot. Just like what is about to happen. Ha ha! The weekly wrestling inspection being wrapped up and there's no rinky dink operation rinky dink operation on on the night that mjf makes it known that he is a a viewer of the mr warren hayes show I, i i i do this kind of rinky dink bullshit right just that's that's how he goes that's how it goes hey but listen thank you everyone for listening watching today uh, whenever you decide to, to give this a, a whirl, if you were watching live, thank you very much for hanging out. As long as you did, uh, we record every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern live right here. So if you ever want to make it, we have a good time. We do Q&As. We do all sorts of stuff on the stream that doesn't make it to the final cut that what, you're, what you listen to uh, on demand or uh, on podcast. So... That's always a good time. Come and join us. That's always fun if you have a chance to do it. Otherwise, thank you for listening on demand. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Why don't you? Uh, because there's always some good stuff happening here. Or you can listen to this on your favorite podcast application. Thank you again if you're doing it there. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and five-star ratings help out a great deal. On uh, Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings on Spotify help out a great deal uh but uh thank you all very much i will be back thursday for the dynamite review it will be again just to underscore this uh it will be uh, the last bit of content that i will do till next tuesday because we're not doing a collision review this week because of all in but i will be back next week to review all in that will probably take up the bulk of the show uh it should be a good time but uh in the meantime i hope you all Have an exciting, wonderful, and uh, meaningful rest of your week, and I'll see you next time.